2: The Around the NFL Podcast
3: has the vapors. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys?
4: Hey, Dan. Lots going on. A lot of excitement in the room today.
3: New week. (laughs) New storylines. It's a new NFL. Never ends.
2: And that's how we like it, never-ending, a never-ending caravan of NFL news. Well, look at it
3: this way. If, if the NFL wasn't constantly generating something, then maybe we wouldn't be doing this podcast It would right be right a now. seasonal job. Maybe you know. we would be working in a factory somewhere until NFL season began again. You never know in an alternate reality. It'd be
4: like old NFL players, like the Packers, when they actually were Packers in the offseason, packing boxes.
5: Wind up in some factory. <laughs> Don't go back to Rockville. Uh-huh,
3: all right. little REM. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've been cool.
2: schooled. I now appreciate the <laughs> 12-month
4: Furious News cycle. Actually, you know what you're going to appreciate is these couple weeks, about three or four weeks from now, when you're at work, not during vacation, because we, we got six mini camps this week, about 23 other teams at OTAs, then next week, everyone's at minicamps, and then it's just quiet for five or six weeks. Tumbleweeds. You can't imagine how bad our posts and podcasts are going to be then.
3: It will be completely <laughs> made up of uh, talking about uh, various arrests and what they mean for their teams.
5: <laughs> Maybe we can watch the NBA Finals.
3: It'll be over. It'll be buddy. over, buddy. It's truly the du- – if unless you're a baseball fan, there's literally nothing. Oh, it's a wasteland in. if that's the case. Mark excited about FIFA World Cup women.
2: That's true. You can watch a little women's World Cup. I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm happy. That's that's nice that it's on. I like Mark's uh,
3: detour into fake basketball fandom during the final. It's
5: the been show. it's been kind of
2: refreshing. Look, I like it. I Cleveland is approaching what they've not done in decades and decades. I'm gonna watch.
3: Can I share the story from Thurs thir- uh, from Sunday afternoon? I don't know which. There were
2: many stories.
3: So, <laughs> so we're watching <laughs> we're watching the game at the at at the bar. On Sunday evening, the game is at near the end of regulation. It might even be early in overtime. People are on edge. It's an incredible one of the best finals games And You were fired years. up. Oh, love it. Love watching LeBron at the peak of his powers. It's been fun so far. And Mark is into it next to me the whole, the whole time. And he'd been, you know, we'd all be hanging out at the bar for a while. To, you know, read into that however you may. But at one point, Mark gets into a conversation with a, <laughs> a young group of men behind us uh, in which it comes out that one of them, in fact, is a Ravens fan and then under cross-examination, Mark finds out that that Ravens fan did not know that the Ravens became the Ravens because the Browns moved out of Cleveland. <laughs> and Mark, of course, as, as a diehard Browns fan, Mark flabbergasted. Fifteen minutes later, now literally LeBron's got the ball, probably last possession, uh, trying to win the game. I look over to Mark, and his arms are crossed, and his face <laughs> is sour. What? Like, so, like he just found out his dog died, and I was like, Mark, what's wrong? He's like, no, man. It's just like, how could he not know? <laughs> what?
2: Well, I think the boss would appreciate that. I'm always thinking about football. But uh, it, I find it offensive that someone in their late 20s, they are not I'm doing this on a 12-year-old.
3: He was probably 25 I think to that, 30. I think the absurd
4: part of the story was that the game was tied. It's overtime. You know, Cleveland's got the ball. It's a big spot in the game here, and you're focused on – Something else some entirely. Some kids,
3: some twerp. I expect, not knowing the history of the it NFL. It threw me
5: off my orbit, big time. <laughs> I expect nothing less out of Mark. That's this is predictable behavior. And you <laughs> look, the kid hit it coming, millennial. <laughs> That's um, exactly right. <laughs> Crusty forty-year-old men <laughs> yeah. attack
3: millennials.
4: West West attacks seventy-five percent of our <laughs> <laughs> listenership. Hey, read a book. How
5: about that? Read <laughs> a book, listeners. Oh my god.
3: Um, all right, nice show today. But it is nice to have Mark plugged in on another sport. I've long been a champion of Mark getting involved beyond the NFL world.
2: Hoping to go tonight. I heard that I may have uh, babysitting duties, so i right, sure we'll that's going to be happening. We'll keep tabs call, on You that. can't call it babysitting when it's your kids. Uh, adult that, responsibilities attached yeah. to my life decisions. <laughs> Greg makes a good
3: point. Uh, nice show today. Some shows I, I walk upstairs and I dread it. I'm saying, what are we going to talk about? This is not going to be interesting to listen to. This time when I'm going up stairs, I'm like, eh, could be okay. I feel that be energy. Be good. Yeah, could be, be good. I like it. So we're gonna get into uh uh you know, there are um, you know, a lot of things going on. OTAs, Greg just mentioned, we got mini camps, a lot cooking right now. So we're gonna bring back uh one of our favorite little games, uh, which is of course what's more likely, and I mm. think I think there's what's more
5: likely? All right. okay,
3: Sully, a little slow out of the gate. Let's can we get the entire word?
5: What's no, we can't, but well, we're going to
3: work on that technical difficulty. We can get all of what in there. Uh, we're going to play that game, and then we're also we're uh, going to have a little fun. Some players that are not signed right now, some veterans. We're going to each kind of step up and, and, and speak for that player that's out of a job and uh, say this guy should probably have a gig with training camp right around the corner. Uh, uh, but before any of that, oh, before we get to news, and check in with Sully. Who, other than that drop, has done a tremendous job. He's got a haircut. His mustache is still great. He's a southern gentleman. Thanks, guys. Tennessee volunteer. There we go. Cleaned it up. Cleaned it up a little bit. I'm feeling good today, guys. (laughs) I thought, I thought we, uh, You want, you want we us get to get up for
4: you or something like that? No, no, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just, for, you know, for the listeners who can't see, Sully was really motioning for us to get out, out of our chairs <laughs> in honor of him.
3: Sully knows that TD will be back next week, so he's got to soak it up this week. Yeah, Win Wes's Wes toaster, which, as we know, is a game of skill and valor, a tr- the NFL trivia game, which Wes holds the toaster, which makes him a champion of trivia. Uh, really, not just within this building, but the entire world. Uh, We're bringing it back. Next week, next Thursday, we're going to shoot for it. Uh, Win Wes's Toaster. So if you are a listener.
0: Win Wes's
3: Toaster. If you are a listener who believes you could take down Wes, and I'm just going to be honest, you don't want to humiliate yourself because it's happened on these airwaves. I've known people that have deleted their Twitter accounts after getting shut out by Wes. Wow. Uh, So if you think you could take Wes down in NFL trivia, contact producer TD. Uh, with a hashtag #wwt, uh, let him know that you want to take on Wes. Uh, if if uh, TD chooses you, pass a screening process, and you will be on the show to go against Wes Wait, next how, Thursday.
2: How are we? Uh, how is TD going to give us the tweets? Because he's not back till next Friday.
3: Oh, he's not back till next Friday.
2: Correct. I'm okay. sure he's diligently standing by when he's you know four countries away. All right.
3: Well, listen, we're gonna have to go with Sully on this. A lot of pressure on Sully. This will be his crowning achievement. What is your Twitter handle? At then? Sully Vol. Okay, so that's at Sully, S-U-L-L-Y-V-O-L. Correct. Hashtag WWT. Reach out to Sully. He will be in touch with you to take on Wes, the greatest trivia player mm. in the world.
2: I mean, can we say one in thing? though? Room. If you In your heart, if you know that you're a proverbial tomato can, don't tweet at Sully and don't get involved.
3: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know a lot of these
5: do people don't believe they're tomato cans, but the time factor is real. You rush and... You can't always have instant recall when you know the clock's ticking.
3: If I recall, Wes beat his opponents 12-2, to two, and uh, Greg has not said a word yet about this because he does despise the game.
5: Well, I'm planning
4: on <laughs> – I hope you can s- schedule the show for when I'm on vacation. No, that's we're going to make sure you're
3: – That's the most important part of the show to make sure you're suffering through it.
4: I mean, again, a quiz show. It's 2015. <laughs> Is there any truth <laughs> to Subversion? No one
5: can see the answers. Is there any truth to the rumor that you've taken someone under your wing and trying to basically bring them through the minor leagues as someone who can take me down? Long term, I I do see myself potentially
4: um, turning into a Don King-like character (laughs) where I can manage, make all the money, and ruin the sport.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I believe that. I believe all that. Uh, Sully, can we please uh, do some news? All right, we have not uh, been on the air, if you will, since last th- uh, Thursday, so uh, one big bit of news that went down on Friday we should talk about. 40, the 49ers have lost another important player uh, in a sudden fashion. Right tackle Anthony Davis announced Friday that he won't play in 2015. He released a statement. After a few years of thought, I've decided it will be best for me to take a year or so away from the NFL. This will be a time for me to allow my brain and body a chance to heal. Davis just 25 has started 71 games in five NFL seasons. Greg, we'll start with you. It just never ends with the Niners. What does this loss mean to that offensive line? I
4: think Anthony Davis was a solid NFL starter. Maybe he wasn't coming off his best season. Good run blocker. But what Wes pointed out in the piece when he retired, which, which hit home, they only have two starters left off the offensive line that was in the Super Bowl. And that offensive line along with their defensive line, I think, established the identity of what that team was, which was a tough team that pushed you around up front. And that team really doesn't exist
5: anymore. This is a different 49ers team. They drafted Anthony Davis and Mike Upati in the first round of the same draft. Both of those guys are now gone and you could say they were the backbone of, of the best offensive in the lo- offensive line in the league two years ago. The 49ers said what they thought of Anthony Davis
4: two years ago. They gave him a $39 million contract with, I think, $17 million guaranteed. So that's not top tackle money, but it's in that next tier of a
2: first-round pick that's basically lived up to his billing, and now he's just gone out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, and even two years ago, you could still look at the 49ers, and that offensive line was exactly—that was their beating heart. And they also had Frank Gore running the football. I mean— This team at this point, they've lost so many players that the logic is they're going to be less fun to watch, and they will be, but they're ultimately fascinating to me right now Mm. because of all the moving and changing parts, and it starts with the head coach that I think none of us know what's going to happen. If Tom Sula gets off to a rough start, where are the leaders on that
5: team? Who's going to buy in? It could get ugly. I think Tom Sula expected the roster to be different, but I'm not sure he expected Willis Borland and Davis to retire. I no. mean since no, March I didn't expect any of them to retire since March they've lost by my count twenty Pro Bowls and over a thousand NFL starts yikes nothing's there's no
4: if someone can come up with a team similar to the forty ers in terms of what they've lost in an off season to retirement to surprise retirements, I can't imagine. This has ever happened before. Justin Smith, that's not a shock, although that is a big loss to them in terms of leadership. But the other three guys, it's insane for that to all drop on one team in one offseason. We haven't had surprise retirements like this in an NFL offseason before. Well, and it's weird, too, because he might be coming back. He said in his statement he wants to give a year or two to clear his head and his body, and maybe he'll be back. And he'll be back with the 49ers. They'll own
3: his rights. It once again reaffirms my belief that poor Jim Tomsula got airlifted onto the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. He's in trouble. He feels in that a way. Terrible spot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know he, ch- their expectations are so low right now. you know he's got a chance. It,
2: it, everyone thinks they're going to go 3 and 13, 4. What if they rip off 9 wins? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Tom Sula has another opportunity to take a whole off season and change what we think about. Well, let's not forget Jim
4: Harbaugh was a huge disappointment last year. At least that team was a huge disappointment winning only 8 games. If Tom Sula somehow wins 7 games, people will be happy with him. At, That's what at saved
3: win. Rex Ryan's job with the Jets 2 years ago. If you if he goes 500, he gets a second year, right? Unless he has a terrible relationship with management or the players or something like that. Plus,
4: they also you know lost. Uh, I really think the key piece to the whole thing this weekend. Andy Lee, Pro Bowl punter to your Browns, Listen,
5: Sessler.
2: They're picking up punter. The missing space. piece. While other teams Punters are space. asleep at the wheel, Cleveland
5: is just improving. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call these retirements a trend, or do we have to wait a few years to kind of figure out what's going on? I think we need to wait. I mean, the, what ages the, one, San Francisco. the whole offseason or just the 49ers? I think, I it, think the whole offseason. I, I you th- throw in Jason Worlds and Jake Locker.
4: I think you can call it some uh, a bit of a trend. I don't think with the 49ers, when Tom Sula said you have to look at each one of these situations one by one, I think that was fair. Willis was going to retire regardless. Smith was going to retire regardless. Borland, he seemed like he had a really strong almost political stance to make about head injuries. Davis
5: seems somewhere in between. I have a theory on this. All right. I think around the 1980s, you started to see the audience change for the NFL. It used to be in the 50s and 60s that coal miners and steel workers were watching coal miners and steel workers play football. And by the 1980s, you've got a different audience, more suburban, watching millionaires play football. And now we have players who have other options. And don't need the game as much, I think. Whereas the audience changed in the 1980s, now the players have changed. You don't have coal miners and steel workers playing football anymore. That makes total sense. And on top of it, if there's not been there's been a total
2: rush of new information about head injuries and what it's meant in the past. Oh, I'm absolutely.
5: Sure. Yeah.
3: Uh, moving on, the Giants are taking it very uh, conservative with Odell Beckham Jr., their great second-year wide receiver who uh, dealt with the right hamstring. Uh, injury last season that kept him out until uh, the fifth week, uh, fifth game of the season for the Giants. Now he has a left hamstring injury, uh, is not participating in OTAs this week, did not participate. Last week, Kim Jones, NFL Media's Kim Jones reports he probably won't participate in minicamp next week, and they're going to hold him off until training camp. Uh, Mark, do you have any reason... I know we, we don't know how serious these injuries are, but does it scare you a little bit that Odell Beckham is dealing all of a sudden with a hamstring injury again this summer and what it might mean for uh, his season?
2: Not even in the slightest.
3: <laughs> because it's
2: far too early to care, number one. This is the time to be absolutely cautious with your best player and maybe the best player to come around in a long time. And last year, it's you know, that that became a very serious hamstring injury. There's no indication that this is... Of that same nature. It's well, there was
4: no indication at this point last year it was so serious. It was just this thing that kept dragging on. Oh, he'll be back in June. He'll be back in July. He'll to be the back. other and leg it, this, and this time. And it,
5: but to th- the other leg this time, and everyone associated with the Giants has said it's not serious at all. But three months removed from the season, or three months until the season, why even bother risking it in a meaningless offseason? They're playing it the right way. Let me ask you a question. Let's say you
2: you have a football team, and you knew that you could have Odell Beckham for the next five years, but he could never start the season until week five. (laughs) I'd (laughs) take him in a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: unless those injuries eventually take a toll on him physically. Sure. He loses some bursts, but yeah. It's It's a concern if he misses
2: five, you know,
4: it's a concern if it starts stretching into the regular season again. Odell Beckham was one of the best players in the,
5: uh, the league last year, but he wasn't available for a huge chunk I'll, of it i'll be concerned if he's not ready to start training camp hmm. i mean yeah, not I think terribly that's concerned when, but yeah. that's when it will get my attention that yeah. this one like right now i'm not even worried uh
3: about. kim jones also reported that victor cruz also not taking part in otas uh he's working his way back from knee surgery they hope to have him best case scenario back for the start of training camp uh so if you get those two guys healthy that's a pretty damn good one-two punch I'm a little, not that I consider myself an injury expert, but <laughs> I, I'd be a little surprised if what? Cruz is the same guy. I'm, I, I would be surprised. If Cruz is. Yeah, the nature of that injury, I, I don't know. We'll yeah. i have got
5: news for you. Cole Beasley and Odell Beckham would be a great one-two punch. Mm. It doesn't matter who you put next to Odell Beckham. Random Cole Beasley shot. <laughs> or Cole.
3: Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> so the Chargers did some business officially on Tuesday. They uh, agreed to a multi-year deal with uh, Corey Legit. Uh, their defensive end, a first round pick in the 2011 draft. It's a $50 million do- dollar deal worth over five years, $30 million guaranteed, according to Rap Sheet. So San Diego took care of its uh, first round pick in 2011. The New York Jets, not the same situation. The 30th overall pick in 2011 is Mark Muhammad Wilkerson.
2: Yes, yeah, sorry, I was completely in another place, but gotcha. you're right.
3: Don't worry about it. Uh, who showed up for the start of Jets minicamp on Tuesday, but still unhappy, does not have a deal, and everything everything got uh, complicated in terms of his situation by the arrival of Lenny Williams, the uh, the sixth overall pick. He's so, already
5: Lenny. <laughs> Lenny. I call him Lenny. I was Lenny. like, who is that? <laughs> he's a friend of mine. Sounds like a comedian.
3: Yeah. Uh, Lenny Williams. Could be. Could be. So anyway, Moe Wilkerson, he's in camp, but he did not promised that he'd be there for training camp. Mark, or uh, Greg, you worried if no. you're a well, I know you're I'm you not you worried at
4: all. Who cares about <laughs> Mohamed Wilkerson? <laughs> no, he's going to show up. He showed up for mandatory minicamp because he didn't want to lose the $60,000, so I don't think he's going to skip training camp.
3: He said the money didn't matter. Are you calling Mo Wilkerson a liar, Ian Greg? Rapp-
4: Ian Rapport thought it was a big part oh. of the equation in terms of okay. why he came, and he's basically handling the holdout exactly how if you're going to hold out you want your players to do it. He's going to skip the the voluntary stuff, why bother, and come to the mandatory. I do think that this contract makes it more difficult for him, though, because if Corey Legit's worth $30 million guaranteed and five years $50 million, Muhammad Wilkerson's worth more than that. He's a way better player than Legit. That's what I mean. Were you a little surprised at the Legit
2: money yes, there? Yes, I was. If, and also, watching, that was our team of ATL last year, and I struggle on San Diego's defense. And Wes, we talked about this downstairs. What's to like? Mm. What, I like Corey what, Legit. Yeah, but what players do you latch onto and say? He I
4: never shows like, up on film. I've got a big Jason Verrett poster up in my
5: house. Oh, so that's one guy I do like on their defense.
4: I like Legit. I mean, he's a good player. I think John Gruden. You remember how he used to talk about Brett Favre? He's made a lot of people money over the years. He's made you know assistant coaches' houses. I think John Gruden made Corey Legit some money because he had a monster Monday Night Football game, and John Gruden would not be quiet about how incredible Corey Legit was. And then suddenly.
2: Here he is getting stars. Superstar. Well, we were downstairs trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name, so he's not it's not made
5: the impact. It, something we a, got it right. It's
3: <laughs> legit. Okay, that's legit. That was so you need to. Act, that was tactically r- clean. Really stri- Legit.
5: <laughs> that's not French.
3: Uh, by the way, I think Lenny Williams, uh, the Jets rookie, if he blows up in year one, <laughs> this is not going to catch on. Lenny it's right. happening. If if he blows up in year one, the Jets might. Be like, well, do we they love Mo Wilkerson, but if they, they they're happy with their defensive line and Leonard Williams looks great, they might spend their money elsewhere.
2: Yeah, they 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 put themselves in a great bargaining place. Not only was it a great pick; they never thought they'd get him where they got him in the draft. You don't have to pay Wilkerson if you don't want to.
5: When do you think Wilkerson will realize? Will it dawn on him that he has not a modicum of leverage here? I think he does. And the, this entire know. thing is uh, uh, fruitless. I think I about know. this he's morning
4: a, at eight a.m. He's a great <laughs> NFL player. Those guys always have leverage. He's going to get paid monster. Dollars from but some teams.
5: It don't have to do anything because they not drafted be the
4: Lenny Williams. So worst case scenario, then you get 31 other teams, so teams if fighting you, over you.
5: Right. In which case, wouldn't you want to put in a good offseason and be, be a better player this year? I don't know. I guess I'm still not convinced not showing up for ATA, OTAs
2: hurts you in any way. Right. right if fair. he starts from here and goes on out, he'll be fine.
3: All right. This next portion of news I call graying quarterbacks with knee problems. Okay. Catchy, kind of set. It sets the table for what we're going to talk we're gonna about.
4: Get a sponsor for that, <laughs> ah, you know?
3: Listen, not in, wait until the whole segment's done before you make any decisions on that. Carson Palmer, he blew out his knee, of course, uh, last November. Uh, for the second time, he is now said to be 100% entering Cards minicamp. Uh, the team is very happy about it, and uh, they said that uh, Bruce Arians said that Palmer was cutting it loose, uh, no restrictions. Uh, so that is very good news for a quarterback that's not a young guy, so they're, they're very happy about his progress. Meanwhile, Sam Bradford, who, Wes, uh, last week I think some beat reporters said that Bradford's mobility was at what level? What did they compare it to?
5: A uh, jugs machine.
3: A jugs machine, which is a stable <laughs> uh, a device that shoots footballs, doesn't move. So what they were saying there, Mark, nope. was that the, he wasn't moving well. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, Sam Bradford, uh, who blew out his knee for the second time last summer, uh, now moving a little better this week in uh, OTAs and spinning it a little bit, and they're, they're a little more excited. So old graying dudes, bad knees, your thoughts, Greg? Sam
5: Bradford's like 10 years younger than anybody yeah, is he graying? Come
3: on, Subway. Give is us he, the money.
5: <laughs> is he graying? I don't know. Carson Palmer? I is, am. I was shocked that he declared himself 100%. I, it's only been, what, six and a half, seven months?
4: Well, the the doctors at least said he can do everything. I don't know if that means he's 100%. Our researchers uh, today in our uh, morning meeting, you guys love going to meetings. Oh, yeah. Anytime we can. They broke out uh, a stat of the last six guys to come back, you know, big-time starting quarterbacks from their ACLs. Not one of them had a better record the season after coming back from ACLs. And really – the best case of all of those guys was probably Tom Brady, who was still clearly diminished. Struggling So early, even in a yeah. best-case scenario, you're probably getting 80% of 2014
2: Carson Palmer. Well, and the fact that, though, that Palmer's injury happened so much after Bradford's and Bradford's still in the stadium, is we asked this a couple podcasts ago, what happens to a quarterback coming off two major knee injuries? We don't have a track record
5: for this. Yeah, I think the fact that Bradford's happened back-to-back with you know so quickly – and Palmer's the last time Palmer tore his ACL, it was the worst tear you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. I think it was a grade four, and this the one, first w- time. Yeah. yeah, and this one was like the easiest tear. So uh, it's no surprise to me that he came back a lot quicker. But um, I think he Bradford's dealing with a much different injury. Oh now. yeah, nothing says the NFL is owning the sports
4: landscape as that we get weekly updates on you know what you know mechanical device Sam Bradford
2: looks like <laughs> that week. Like, like last week was Jugs machine, This week, I don't know. Well, at least we're not hearing about the music R2P3. at Eagles practice anymore. We've Look, gotten beyond that. Personal yeah. smoothies.
3: Personal smoothies, remote-controlled cars, the genius always on top of his game. Uh, speaking of geniuses, Greg, uh, Bill Belichick has decided, I don't want Brandon Spikes on my team. Again, he said it again after uh, after the team released Spikes less than a month into a reunion with his team. This happened after Spikes' car was found on a uh, uh, Foxborough highway uh, left abandoned. He had called OnStar, or the driver of the car, I should say, called OnStar said they had hit a deer. The police came, saw no deer, saw some damage to the front end. And then nearby, uh, this car belonging to Spikes was a, a family whose car had been hit in a hit-and-run. No charges filed or anything, but the, that was enough that Spikes's car was involved or what they know that maybe we don't know. They don't want anything to do with him. Of course, Spikes's previous engagement with the team ended in acrimony, so now, Greg, a nice inside linebacker, guys. Nice run stuffer. The throne of ease loses him because he, you know, he didn't call Uber potentially.
4: Well, they, they only got a twenty five thousand, gave him a twenty five thousand dollars signing bonus. Which I'll take me, it. Which to me is a financial way of saying you're on a short leash, spikes. Oh, oh, give me a break. oh no! <laughs> I hear it. clouds roll in. The throne of ease. There's some disorder in the skies. Well, Those little terror boys with the fruit. I think they did just fine with cover. their season without Brandon Spikes last year, but it is a. Injury-plagued right, so. uh, division. I mean, uh, position right now for them. Dante Howtower's is coming off uh, an injury. He might not be ready for training camp. Gerard Mayo is coming off a very serious knee injury. That's so Spikes would have helped them.
5: The only reason Spikes was signed was because those guys were coming off. He would have helped them. He was though. insurance. Right now, you got Dane Fletcher in the mix. If this was oh, 19- Dano. If this was 1986, Spikes would still be on the roster. That's true. He because off fit. the field concerns weren't as big of a problem, and because. Two down run thumpers were great in 1986, but the game's changed. Brandon Spikes isn't that valuable anymore. Well, and if the police investigation proves him to be free of any issues,
2: then New England, he's probably going to still be available. They can call him right back up if they want. But
4: no one was going after Brandon Spikes as a free agent anyways because of what you said. He doesn't fit in today's NFL. I mean, if he was in 1975, he might be a pro bowler. Yeah because because he's really good at stopping the run and just like running in straight into people but that that doesn't really matter anymore. Greg doesn't strike me as terribly worried here. Spikes. <laughs> what would happen though? Like, I do. I liked Spikes because he's one of the only Patriots they ever drafted that was any good. That didn't care what Bill Belichick said and just would pop off. You know, it's fun to. Have yeah, it to worked work. out well. It's him. not great for job security.
3: <laughs> it is a little weird though that they acted on this without anything official coming from the police. It's like there's zero tolerance, and then there's like sub-zero tolerance. It mm-hmm. could have been like. It could have been Spikes' friend Rufus that went joyriding around Gillette Stadium. You don't know. You well, don't know. This is a team that's
2: been in the news just as much as they'd like to this offseason. So. Yeah, I, th- sure. I think they probably told
4: Spikes when they signed him, you say, you say anything, you do anything, whatever,
2: this is going to be a short stay here. He was just kind of – No issues with OnStar, please. <laughs> Who that, uses OnStar? Anymore? I don't know. feels like it's from seven years ago.
3: All right, gentlemen. So Brandon Spikes out of a job. Back on the street, which got us all thinking, you know, there's some veterans out there right now that maybe uh, you can make a very strong argument that they should be in someone's camp right now getting ready for the season. Not always the case. Sometimes it's hard to get a job. We've all been, we've all been there. Job market sometimes dries up. Listen w- to a Bruce Springsteen said. All right, you're right. It happens. <laughs> so this is our chance now to each pick a player. I
5: a once veteran. delivered strawberries for a living. I delivered strawberries. That could be your next job. I delivered pizzas right before Greg hired me. Well, I got hired to deliver pizzas. I delivered pizzas, too. I didn't deliver a single pizza. sorry, I'm Totally off the I I knew these
3: stories, but maybe the audience (laughs) didn't know them. So let's all pick one veteran player that is currently out of work, unemployed, in a segment we like to call Give This Man a Job.
0: Ron, I've got to fire you. Well, I've got to fire you. Bing, bong, (laughs) bong.
3: I like the other one better. Sully.
0: I wasn't fired from my job. I was laid off.
2: Yeah. You wouldn't know the difference. <laughs>
3: All right, so we'll start with – I mean, you got to start with the boss, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, why don't you give us a veteran out there that deserves a job? Put him in camp somewhere.
4: The easiest game we've ever played because there's three different reasons why I want Pierre Thomas to get a job. Number one, we had a, uh, a little sandwich proposition in terms of the guaranteed money yes, of our right. top – running backs available this offseason and I need one more of those players to sign to win the sandwich. Mm-hmm. But taking away that, who's the best screen pass catcher of the last ten years? <laughs> I'll i I'll ask another scientist. Who do you think?
5: Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas. The great Walter Payton. No, four oh. 9, among green was really good.
4: Four point nine yards per carry last year. That sounds like a pretty good number. Fifty five <laughs> targets, forty five catches last year. Eight yards per catch. What's not to like Pierre Thomas he's not gonna start at running back for you, but everyone needs a Well third there's something down back. going
2: on. There's thirty two teams not liking him enough right now. Well, like, it's called ageism.
4: Is it and uh in the old US of A, that's illegal. <laughs>
3: <You> <laughs> this know, guy could play. It's totally he, legal in the You know, the he part. does have a spot on one roster. What spot is that? Dan Hans is his own LA Greybeards. one of <laughs> oh, the starting right. running backs.
4: Exactly. So if you you're basically admitting that Pierre Thomas
3: How do you know I'm not muckraking been. behind the scenes to keep him? Off a roster so I can want a sandwich off you.
4: I think at this point, the statue, the sandwich of limitations is running out right now. Oh. And I think you might just have to get that sandwich. So it, we
3: could call it a call to wash with it, the it, entourage? Lost for me? It, it, middle of June. Now I only owe you 17 sandwiches.
4: Seriously, though, this is a great role player. It's the exact type of guy. Someone who couldn't be more popular in New Orleans in the locker room. I, I mean, I am kind of confounded why he doesn't have a job.
3: All right. That's cool. a good one. There must be something going on. Something's cooking, Mark. Uh, I will throw a quarterback out there. Michael Vick. Now, let me tell you something about Michael Vick. Watched him every snap last year with the Jets, <laughs> and this is what happens. And Wes, one of your uh, famous Wesism, you know, it's about the game, not the name. Michael Vick put bad tape out there last year, and to to compound matters, he also admitted after a blowout loss to the Chargers that he wasn't prepared to go into a game, and I think that's hurting him now. He's still he's about to turn 35, so he's older, but he's not ancient. He did show at times last year that he still had some athleticism. He obviously knows how to, to absorb a playbook. He knows uh, he's won big games in his career. So there's plenty of reasons to suggest that he deserves to be in a camp somewhere fighting for a job when there are guys like Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett fighting for starting jobs. Michael Vick probably deserves to be fighting for a two-job, mm-hmm. uh, and yet he's not. So, uh, you know, he's still – he's you know, you see him pop up at charity golf events now and then right now, and he always says, oh, I can still be a starter. That's not going to happen, but – He deserves to be in a camp and might take an injury for it to happen, but it hasn't happened I think that's
2: one reason that maybe teams aren't running after to sign Michael Vick. I think plenty of defenses coaches still admire what he can do to an opponent, uh, in theory. He didn't do that last year. But also, it's every month it's, I'm going to be a starter, I can still be a starter. This isn't the guy you want to bring in to mentor someone, just for the reason you said last year. When they put him on the field, he's like, I didn't prepare. Well, what are you right. telling the rest of your quarterback room when you're this and savvy veteran that Michael that's not Vick even prepared?
4: The explosive Michael Vick is gone. It's kind of like a player like Brandon Spikes who has off-field issues. There's a sliding scale. And for someone to bring in Michael Vick and deal with him, maybe saying something in the media kind of wacky or whatever, <laughs> he has to be a certain amount of he, talent. That talent's not he, there anymore. He
3: has reached the I'm Keith Hernandez stage of his career. <laughs> Because when the Jets tried to hold that phony uh, QB competition last summer, he was very open with all the beat writers of the Jets saying, this is not a real competition. So he's not necessarily a great soldier in that sense. I can see why teams are scared off, but it is what it is. Wes, who are you vouching for right now?
5: I think Ray Rice should get a job. I think oh. he messed up. I think any of us who have messed up in our lives, there's a difference between sorrow and remorse. And I think he's shown remorse. He is actually been forced to change the way he lives his life um, and I think he's he's done that so when you have someone we give second chances to people in the NFL and in America. He's someone who was a model citizen before last year. He's someone who deserves a second chance and as Jane McManus of ESPNW today said that Ray Rice should come back in the NFL because who better than him to deliver the message against domestic violence to young people specifically young athletes. That, you sh- that this is the wrong thing to do.
3: All right. Well, okay. Maybe he's been contrite and done the right things. But can he still play? Yes. Couldn't I run the so ball last, uh, the last year he played. He was one a of, while now.
4: He was, it's kind of like Vic. Vic put up two of the worst games any quarterback did in the league last year. Ray Rice put up probably the worst running back season the last time he was fully healthy. So it's just why
3: bother?
5: Your own saying, Wes. The game. Right. Not the name. And I judged his game that summer that he came back, as did John Harbaugh, who said he's showing the same burst he did the year before. He had lost weight. The 2013 season, we compared him to the kid with the snowsuit because that's the way he was running. He was a little overweight. He was going through a hip injury and a quad injury. He just wasn't the same guy, and then he was healthy again by the next summer. And I I saw him. He only had five preseason carries, but he looked like the same Ray Rice to me then. Yeah. And I think he can help a team. He talked about in an offseason article what that injury, that fleet of injuries,
2: what he was dealing with. And it's not a surprise that he looked the way he did two seasons ago. And what about a team like Dallas where you got an owner that says, we've taken a number of players and rehabilitated them or given that second chance? That's a need in the Dallas. That may end up being someone who has a chance down the road. That, that's the type of team it's going to take where an owner is making the decision because this is a
4: decision that's going to go up to ownership. General right. managers who want to sign Ray Rice are going to have to
5: clear it with the, with the big boss. Th- that, yeah, that's like when Jeff Lurie got Michael Vick coming yep. off of prison. Mark Sessler. Who you bring up? Well, you know, I came
2: into work here and found out this 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 segment was happening, and I said, I like to do Pierre Thomas. That sounds good. Well, the boss already has Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas has been
4: my favorite player for like 10 years. It's the first guy he ever wrote a blog
2: about. How about this? How about Ahmad Bradshaw? (laughs) Now, there's the positive side. Last three seasons, 4.6, 4.5, and 4.7 yards per carry. I think he looked like Indianapolis' best running back for periods of time. The problem is week 11, broken leg. So I'm not I'm not trying to sell you a bill of goods here, <laughs> but he's going to need time to get healthy. If he's ever he's 29, he's not getting younger. But if he can come back and he is healthy at some point, I like Bradshaw as much as any if running you, back on this list.
3: If you need a running back for five weeks, Ahmad Bradshaw's your guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe they you sign him like on Christmas Day, and then if <laughs> right? you're in the playoffs, you roll with him, and then his foot. Again,
2: it's not, it's not a perfect narrative, but, yeah.
4: you know. He's joking, but there's value in that. There is value sure. in a running back you can get for five weeks. Maybe he's a guy you sign after week one when the contracts aren't guaranteed anymore. But if you can have someone that can step in like Bradshaw and look like a starter for a month and then he gets hurt. Well, maybe
2: when the Raiders find out that Trent Richardson is over... They bring in Bradshaw just like the Colts did. Well,
4: if we'll he's like that, that, his career path is basically to just <laughs> replace T Rich wherever he goes. It makes sense.
5: If he's healthy and has kept himself in shape, which are two big ifs for any player who doesn't have a job in the NFL, I mean, a lot of them don't keep themselves in shape. I think 100% he'll have a job at some point during the season.
4: I agree. Of this entire list, he's the one I'd be most confident in actually gets a job. I think Thomas. Sounds like too. I picked
3: well. Vic?
4: Vic, I don't know. I think Vic might be done. Well, let's
3: a let, uh, final takeaway: three running backs. I chose a different position. <laughs> I iconoclast.
2: I think, that, that, I think that's, the, that's, the, that's the takeaway. At this exercise, you failed to some degree, but w- there's more to the show. We'll, we'll keep going. All right, we, let's move on. That
3: was my takeaway from that entire segment.
4: Dan likes to give well. himself nicknames. He likes to call himself <laughs> iconoclast. How's how's the, what is your name? The old big Zeuser. <laughs> guy?
3: The old mouse? The old uh, Rich Daddy? It, well, there's, you know, Daddy Rich.
4: How's that catching on? People just around the <laughs> office? There's <just laughs> listeners calling in? Oh, no, The
3: old Zeuser is on fire on Twitter. The that's, old that's, really one, on fire.
4: that's not the one you chose, though.
3: <laughs> you daddy Rich. I, I let the people choo- choose, and of course, the wonderful Lindsay Rhodes. That's true. Uh, she went with Daddy Rich, but we're rolling with old Zeuser, And that's that's where it is right now. <laughs> you know, get off my back, alright? The old mouse. Alright, before we get into our, our finer, final discussion, uh, other day, I just want to check in with TD, our producer, who's in Nigeria, perhaps England. Uh, at multiple weddings uh, with his family right now. I said uh, last show that just to just to see if he's listening, because I, you know, as the producer of the show, he should probably still be plugged in and, and listening. You think the guy. so? Right. He's like traveling around the world. He could be listening on a on a in a car ride or or on a plane. Uh, so I said I'm going to throw a magic word out there, a secret password, and if he's listening, he just could tweet it at me. Email, whatever, call me and tell me, text me, which was, of course, Ed Begley Jr. Didn't hear a thing. So maybe this show he will. This is, the, this is the secret password for TD. Are you listening to our show? <laughs> Purred happily. Issue number one <laughs> is the first issue we're going to talk about. Of course, the fictitious TV anchorman of Pawnee, Indiana, and in Parks and Rec. So, Perd happily is the secret word, secret phrase, mm. secret name. Have TD. you heard with Perd? Td, come on, we need you, baby. Did
4: Hansus win the MVP last show for this running bit?
5: I like yes, this he running. did. Sully is oh. not, he's okay. not allowed. Maybe to don't give win away it. MVP. So, so.
3: Yeah, Td did not like that Sully was even doing it in the interim. The, the, but I'll take it.
0: The, the Sully's most valuable player, not not the the whole shows. Yeah, oh.
3: it's a different property <laughs> entirely. It's like
5: <laughs> winning the CFL MVP. All right, hey, I'll take I'll take it <laughs> before okay, we go. I'm still
0: playing ball.
3: Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, it's it's the game we like to call. What's more likely? Yes, it's a game where each of us, we go around the horn here. uh, No connection to the ESPN show of the same name. We go around the horn (laughs) and we each lay out, and this is going to be the OTA's edition, so everything should be connected to organized team activities or minicamps, something that we've seen. Some storyline, okay? Each of us uh, lay out two options, and then we debate it. So, again, uh, again, the Greg, the boss they call him, also the Greg. Why don't you get us going with a what's more likely?
4: I'm going to choose a simple one. It's been a topic around here, but it's been a two-man topic, and I want it to become a four-man topic. Okay. A lot of writers in Dallas say Joseph Randall. He looks the best out of those Cowboys running backs right now that they think he's going to be the starter in week one. So I just want to throw it out to everyone. I know Wes's answer here. What's more likely, Joseph Randall starts week one or Darren McFadden starts week one?
2: I'm going to go Joseph Randall. Thank you, Mark. Smart.
3: That seemed thought out. <laughs> or you were caught off guard and then hesitated. then
2: Well, I could tell where the boss was going, and I was going to go in the same direction.
3: <laughs> Very smart, man.
2: Well, you got anything, you know, why? Why not? Because <laughs> Darren McFadden's your competition, and he's exactly. the most overhyped player there in the NFL go. right now.
3: I got a feeling Chris Wessling is going to disagree. Greg's already said that. We already know my
4: answer. Well, so maybe, it? yeah, maybe you change you... your mind. There oh. has, you have to be a little more worried. Now we've had a few weeks of practices, and uh, the writers <laughs> – it doesn't seem like McFadden is
5: first in line. For the You better watch out for Lance Dunbar. For the 17th Nipenetis. time today, I will point out that it's June 9th. <laughs> <laughs> None of this means anything.
3: McFadden, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Randall too because he showed a lot last year. He showed when he got the ball that he could do things and, and – Get get some positive yardage. We haven't seen that since, from Darren McFadden in, in literally years. So I I think Randall's the favorite. Uh, you know, again, evaluate the game. You know, not the name. I, not that Joseph Randall has a name, but McFadden surely hasn't been the guy we thought he was going to be years ago. So I think Randall stands a better chance. Still think they should have got another running back, a better running back this season, and and it will haunt them. Well, they did
4: just bring in. Who did they bring in?
3: Oh, they brought in uh, Daniel Thomas. And That's Greg's boy, and uh, the unstoppable, the great, oh, who was it? I wrote the story. I should remember. Uh, I know. I'm speaking. Oh, Greg ben Tate, is Ben Tate. Is, yeah, Ben Tate. Sorry. Greg is faster than Daniel Thomas. All right, let's go. What's more likely? Okay, Joe Flacco said uh, this week that he imagines he joined the trope club. He imagines that he'll play till age forty. <laughs> He's the latest guy uh, we got. Now uh, we have. Tom Brady, of course, Drew Brees. Now, Joe Flacco just turned 30, thinks he could play till 40. So, I ask you, what's more likely? Joe Flacco plays at age 40, or Robert Griffin III plays at age
5: 30? <laughs> How old is RG3 right now?
3: I believe he's about 26, but I'll double check. 25 or 26.
5: This is a good one.
3: I'll give you the age. Hang on.
4: I got to go with RG3 regardless of the age, but I'll let you... uh,
3: He's 25. He just turned 25 in February. He's a a young Mm. guy. He's a kid, so five years from now.
4: I got to go RG3. Even though Joe Flacco does seem like one of those guys that just will last forever and maybe change teams a few times. Or be
3: like a a really good backup to have. I could see him in that role for sure.
4: I I still go RG3 because I think there's a great, great chance he's still playing at 30. I know things are going poorly, but I don't think he's going to
5: be out of the league. I don't think he's going to have a a Vince Young-type career. I'll say RG3 just because of his rookie year. I think it's going to keep buying him chances.
3: Really? I feel like he's almost used up all of that rope, if it hasn't happened already. I feel
5: like mcLuhan got to the Redskins in January, and the first thing he talked about at his first press conference was RG3's rookie year, and you just can't give up on quarterbacks who sh- who showed on film what RG3 showed. I'm going to go Flacco because, number one, he's shown
2: that he's been incredibly durable. Never missed a game. Never missed a game, and I think he's he's undersold on that front. Five years is a long time for RG3 to do further damage to himself if he doesn't become a capable starter. Uh, and And when it comes to who would you rather work with as a backup, I think most people are going flacco than RG3 who's been a
5: drama magnet from the minute he got to Washington.
3: What's more
5: likely? Wes? Well, we know the Bills have opened their quarterback position to competition. A lot of people don't know that the Eagles have as well. Chip Kelly has mm. said this is an open Tasty. competition. What's more likely? Mark Sanchez, who the beat writers have all said looks much better this year than last year, starts week one, or Matt Castle does not start week one for the Bills? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. That's I had a good. Bradford one, too. You, th- you taught me.
3: I'm not buying into the, to the Tyrod Taylor stuff. I think that Tyrod Taylor, okay. I, I think that Castle – they brought him in to be this, this bridge guy until they figure out the position, and I'm not, I have not been convinced that's not going to happen. Uh, so I think that he has a better chance of, of starting week one. Mm. Than Bradford, who seems like we just got the report, he's moving a little better. It is June 9th, so he still has plenty of time to get even beyond Juggs' machine, beyond remote control car, he can get even better.
2: I, uh, the problem for Tyrod Taylor and Mark Sanchez is that real games are going to happen at some point. <laughs> Isn't that a problem for Matt Castle as well? <laughs> yes, it is. It's a problem for all... I mean, anything could happen here, but w- the option of Sanchez starting week one, I'm going to go with that because I just don't really trust that Bradford is going to be healthy in well, that that's really
4: the key here. Is you said, Sanchez starting or anyone but Castle. So it could be Manuel or right, Taylor. Be manual. I now, or I things. happen to think there's a good chance Castle starts, but I also am starting to think there's a good chance Sanchez starts. I don't think it's that crazy. Not only could Bradford not be healthy enough to start, but Sanchez could just look good. And then you could just see a scenario where they play Sanchez early, saying they're giving Bradford more time, sure. and then they can pull the plug on him a lot easier.
3: What Sanchez.
5: You, oh, I like it. They Greg turns his back on Matt Castle.
3: Wow. I did not For the Mike
5: first him. time in Matt Castle's 11-year career, Greg Rosenthal is not in his corner. <laughs> What's more likely?
2: Stunner. Mark. All right. Florham Park, New York. <laughs> oh, God. Are we doing this? No, this no, This is no. different than Qualis Two Fantasia. You asked no, me I to love set it. it up. I okay. love it. Mine are about okay. you. Do. No, this is actually, you're overselling this. I just was okay, taking us to where we are. Florham just Park, Just want to New make York. sure
3: we're on the same page.
2: Brandon Marshall, Geno Smith, they've been living together in Geno's house. I love it. It's a great off-season thing. You know, they do the dishes together. They watch a little House of Cards on Netflix. They're drinking cups of Sleepy Time tea. Mm -hmm. After practice, these two are pals. So what is more likely, Brandon Marshall and Geno Smith pair for 100-plus receptions, or Marshall moves out of Geno Smith's house and talks tabloid fireball trash about the shaky passer by week six? You got me there
3: with the rope-a-dope. Very good what's more likely.
2: Well, ponder <laughs> your answer.
3: <laughs> well, what you're saying means if Brandon Marshall is going to catch 100 Geno Smith passes, uh, excuse me, other way around, Geno Smith, I can't talk.
2: They will combine four. They're going to yeah, combine yeah. four.
3: Geno Smith probably has to start 16 games and are close to it. And that's part of it. That- I don't know if it's going to happen.
4: I'm going with Geno Smith and Brandon Marshall make some sweet magic in Chan Gailey's short passing offense. Greg. A lot of those love little it. bubble screens or whatever you want to call them. It, you know, just short passes. That's what we're focusing on here. Brandon Marshall, he's always a mensch in year one. He's not going to talk trash about That's the Jets true. until next year. So what's
5: the second option? They move out? Well,
2: a, well they're they, definitely that, moving out. The house arrangement is it, you know it ends quicker than that than not because of the play on the field and Marshall's talking trash about Gino by week 6. Well, here's the th- I don't think that they're going to be living together all season.
4: I think this is a Well, that
2: tells you yet, that they're he, not quite the two friends you thought they were. Marshall's married. They're both
3: millionaires.
4: <laughs> yeah, it right. seems like a hey, I just moved to town and it's going to, you know, <laughs> I'm looking for
5: a place. We'll get it for the season type of thing. I I think I don't trust Geno Smith to play 16 games. I Either think he's going to find himself being benched because his decision making's bad enough. Did, you, did mm. you answer it, Hanses?
3: Uh Did I? I don't remember. Oh, no, I didn't really answer it. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely going to start at least four games for this team, so there's no way mm. that there will be 100 catches for Brandon Marshall, comi- at least <laughs> coming directly from Geno Smith. What's more likely? All right. This is all about ya boys for the scientists. Greg, ya boy, Frank Gore, runs for over 1,250 yards. That would be the second-highest total of his career. Or, Wes, yeah, boy, Odell Beckham surpasses his 2014 receiving total, uh, which was 1,305 yards in 12 games. Now, keep in mind, Frank Gore this week has said, I've never seen six men in the box. I'm going to have a lot of running room. And you know the Colts are going to try to run the ball. 1,250 for Gore, over 1,300 for Beckham.
5: This one's easy. Unless Beckham gets hurt, I guarantee you he does better than he did last year. What's well, a big unless. Exactly. He is hurt. Right. Well, it's June. But he could get hurt again. Say I mean, that for any is. player in the NFL. He was hurt last year, and he was hurt it's right now. It's a contact sport. If any player doesn't get hurt, they'll do it. I
2: go Beckham, too, because I don't think the Colts need Frank Gore to do that. Where the Niners certainly did, and he was the centerpiece year after year. I, I don't think that's how that offense is going to play out. He'll he doesn't need a ton of carries to get
3: to 1,200 He'll yards. get close,
2: For but I'm going to go Beckham just because
5: of where the two are in their career right well, Gore now. doesn't have breakaway ability anymore either. It's harder to get to 1,250 yards when you aren't getting 50 or 60-yard runs. Greg? I got to go
4: with the inconvenient truth. I can't, I can't smite Frank Gore and Matt Castle in the same <laughs> show. Beckham just seems like if he misses five games again, it'd be tough to repeat the season he had last year. If Gore misses five games, he won't get 1,000 yards. That's fair. I think I think Gore is in such a beautiful situation there that he just has to do kind of what he's been doing. I do think they'll give him 300 carries.
3: Then I think he's right. He's going to see plenty of room more than he has recently. What's more likely? Who's up, Greg? Sure. Go ahead, buddy.
4: The two players I, I think that have been hyped the most, or at least feel like, okay, we've got the big offseason addition. Jimmy Graham in Seattle, LaShawn McCoy over in Buffalo. Who's the guy? What's more likely? Jimmy Graham is inspiring What's Gone Wrong articles by midseason, or LaShawn <laughs> mm. McCoy's inspired What's Gone Wrong articles oh, by that's midseason. That's a good one.
3: Gra- See, Greg, you always doubt yourself. With these games, but that is great. For what's more likely? Thanks, Dan. I'm going
2: to go Sean McCoy because, A, that's not a premier offensive line, and I'm not sure what they're going to ask him to do. They've got terrible issues at quarterback potentially. And the Saint Gore, Jimmy Graham in, in, in Seattle is not unlike what, how I view Gore in Indianapolis. It's a great mm. matchup for Graham to be on a team that can run the ball that well. He'll have good spots. I think they're going to turn him into a red zone type weapon. The whole thing could go bad, but I don't think it's going to go bad in Seattle. The Bills have to show me they can win games.
5: I, I'm with Mark. I think that a healthy Jimmy Graham, when he's not playing through a serious injury, is unstoppable. Yeah. Remember the old whispers? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little that
4: thing good. we used to do? That was fun. <laughs> now, the Saints. I feel like they've been sending out some
0: whispers
4: all off season, Just little, little crumbs of, oh, you know, maybe Jimmy Graham isn't the player, the guy, the I, the everything that you think he is. I and agree. That's freaking me out.
5: I agree. He probably is not the best teammate in the NFL. Lashawn McCoy's shown himself to be a crazy person though.
3: <laughs> I will say I will yeah. say good that, though. He's good. that. Jumping off Wess No,
5: was, he's not. That's another one let me make that one yeah. point. Lashawn McCoy, people forget, wasn't a good player last year.
4: Fair. Wasn't great.
3: Um jumping off Wes's previous point, I believe. That I, I'm kind of—it's hard for me to make a, a judgment here because I'm partial or impartial. LaShawn McCoy is not, uh, on my S list right now. I don't like—I don't like LaShawn like McCoy's off season. He's kind of gotten under my skin. I didn't like the way he answered questions last week. I think he's come off to, as arrogant to me. Um, so I'm on Team Jimmy. Plus, I think that's probably more likely that he has a nice season. There won't be those stories.
5: All right. What's more likely? Raiders linebacker Curtis Lofton recently called a balked up Khalil Mack a monster. Dolphins linebacker Jelani Jenkins recently called rookie Devontae Parker an animal. <laughs> What's more likely, Mack plays like a monster or Parker plays like an animal uh, this season? Now, see, <laughs> if you really wanted to seslerize this post, you would
4: have made it. <laughs> Khalil Mack turns into a monster, <laughs> yeah. Or Tavante <laughs> Parker turns into an animal. Or who which would animal would
3: Tavante <laughs> Parker win? turn into? A monster or an, an- or an animal? Well,
4: that's basically what I'm. Mean. Yeah. Yeah, but you asked a fair football question. I like that uh, question.
3: Everything I hear, it sounds like Khalil Mack is on his way to superstar land, even though he's stuck with a, a crummy team. But uh, I see this as maybe being his breakout season to the point where I don't know. Not involved with making the leap. I'll be watching this from the outside. Our series this season. Uh, but I would assume he's going to be on the list. He should be. Uh, he's going to have a monster year. I'm going with I
2: out. think Max showed us hints of what's to come last season. And so I'm going to go with a player that's already put it on tape. There you go. go
4: I'm Mac. going Mac too. I, I do like Jack Del Rio arriving there and giving Max some love over his old teammate Von Miller, unnecessarily making <laughs> Von Miller mad. What's
2: more likely? All right. Dan just mentioned making the leap.
3: I did. That's one of the running series of the Around the NFL group.
2: Starts in two weeks. Let's be honest. We can pretty it up all we want, but last year we swung and missed on way too many of these players. We're doing 20 this time around. Correct, the boss? That's right. All right. So what is more likely? Around the NFL's Making the Leap series hits on at least 10 of 20 player predictions this year, or... The boss retires after the Super Bowl <laughs> to pursue a new career as a writer of adolescent mystery novels featuring a female teen gumshoe named Jenny Silver. <laughs> Jenny
3: Silver. That definitely, some of the thematic elements that you name there can tie into some of Greg's work with Delaware, which was a lot of hmm. it was about adolescent angst. It would angst be coming home of or, sorts for Greg. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Jenny Silver. So, so a Jew like myself.
2: I'm not I don't know why I have to go there. That connection you seem to already be thinking about the story itself though.
4: <laughs> it's not a bad idea.
3: What was the first one?
4: We
2: hit I don't like even remember the first <laughs> one around or making the
3: league. Oh, game. what that's subjective. How do you know if you hit on well, it?
2: Well, I think we can say last year that we certainly did not do that.
3: Okay. I, I just cuz I like the Greg one. I'll go with that. <laughs> I don't care about the round. You know
5: what there should, there's an addendum to this. Mark's power play when Greg decides to go right. Oh. To take over the around the NFL. Yeah, always been
3: cooking underneath. <laughs> maybe <laughs> this underneath is everything. a setup. This is <laughs> it's this, always been This is the, one of the, the
5: little
4: kernels. Mark not. Mark starts, you know, leaving around the different NFL offices. Hey, you guys hear that uh, rumor that uh Greg's really into the adolescent <laughs> teen fiction might want to be leaving soon? Like <laughs> 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 what
3: the Saints are doing with Jimmy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it works. What? All right, let's do uh, one more quick round. Here we go. New Browns punter.
2: Mm, Andy Lee. Andy Lee.
3: Andy Lee wins Super Bowl MVP. Or Chip Kelly releases Darren Sproles and signs Reese Witherspoon as his change of pace back.
5: I think Chip Kelly's kind of unpredictable. I'll go with Reese Witherspoon is playing as an eagle because he probably knows something about her greatness that everyone else does Mm. not know yet. Well, I disagree with Wes. (laughs) <laughs> because I think Cleveland went
2: out on a Saturday, like I said. Th- all 31 <laughs> other teams just lazing around, sitting around, watching television shows. Cleveland sends a seventh-round pick from two years from now for a multiple Pro Bowl punter. That's what you do. That's how you get better. Super Bowl. I think you got
4: to go Reese. She's a north-south runner. Kind she, of runner Chip likes. Hits it up in there. You know what I mean? Strong jawline. Between draw, the tackles.
0: <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Did
4: I just hear Super Bowl and Browns in the same? Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did,
4: sir. So that seems crazy to you. Not yeah, the Reese Witherspoon. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the least likely of
3: all <laughs> that, three. Wow. Cecil should just be happy that Sully doesn't know about the Factory of Sadness trap.
0: <laughs> oh, I do. I, I just have to switch. <laughs> all right. Just not too late. Just go. It's too late. What's
3: more likely? Somebody throw one out there.
2: All right, Titans wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson said that Marcus Mariota has been deadly accurate at OTAs, adding that he is giddy about the rookie. So, Marcus Mariota throws 20-plus touchdown passes next season as a rookie, or Jameis Winston leads the NFL in interceptions.
5: I think it's it's very likely that Jameis Winston leads the NFL in interceptions, so I'll take that one. I strongly...
4: Disagree. I think they're both very possible, but Derek Carr threw 20 touchdowns. Heck, Marcus Mariota can do it. I mean, I, I think that's that's a better chance of happening. Go N- Mariota.
3: Nice use of heck.
5: Wow, well, it's going to say something. <laughs> Bringing it back.
3: I would go with Mariota only because you don't know how craptastic all the other quarterbacks in the NFL will be. Uh, so there could you know, somebody could be lurking out there. Uh, to throw thirty-five interceptions, mm-hmm. you never know. Well,
4: I not think anyone threw more than eighteen last year. Josh McCown's going to be a starting jo- have a job all year.
5: That will be fine. No that that one's that thrown was for thirty-five since Testaverde did in the mid-eighties. If
3: if eighteen was the league leader last year, that seems that has to be low. Because Winston's going to throw at least twenty, I would think. Anyway, I I think that Mariota will probably do some things. So I'm going to say, sure, why not? Marks Mariota. Anybody got one else? Are we done? All right, one more. Last one. Here we go. Chris Watson.
5: Got a rookie wide receiver showdown here. What's more likely? Brashad Perriman leads the Ravens in receiving yards, or Kevin White leads the Bears in receiving yards. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm
3: going with Perryman because Alshon Jeffrey's still to me one of the best young wideouts in the league. Whereas Perryman's it's a more uncertain situation. Steve Smith is ancient. Uh, We're we'll going with Perryman. Go There's a these. real
2: chance in Baltimore for him to do that, and they've got a functional quarterback that we all trust to some degree, and they are a well run team that's done a good job with young players, so I'm going to go, Perryman.
4: I feel like with that haircut, that hairline, he's not going to inspire confidence from Joe right. black He's going to shave it. <laughs> Perryman. going to go the end. The answer's got to be Kevin White. You always go with the player. It's like fantasy football. Just go with go the with better. better player. Go with the better player.
3: All right. Good job. That is, that's what's more likely. Uh, and that is the end of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be, be back on Thursday. And, by the way, again, win West's toaster back next Thursday. So hit up at SullyVall, hashtag WWT, if you want to take him on, take on the maestro. So this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, Sully behind the glass, and McGinnis, the Irishman. Till next week or Thursday.